Saturday, May 16th, 2009, upon further review, episode number 70. This week we boldly go where no one has gone before, to have a piece of cheesecake with a slice of onion. Okay, so that's a bit strained, but it's our master narrative, darn it, and we're sticking with it. You'll stick with us too, won't you? Okay, upon further review, I'm Greg. I'm Clea. And this is episode number 70, the big 7-0. It's been a little while since our last show. We have been busy with a number of things, and I have uh, recently been trying to resurrect our computer from a massive crash. This is what happens when you rely on an eight-year-old hard drive. So we now have a new computer, <laughs> although we're not even using it. Actually, we're using our laptop. No, we still um, haven't moved yet, so we're still out in the living room until we get Senevi in her own room. Maybe we shouldn't explain to people how low-rent this whole operation <laughs> is. We're, we're going to like destroy their whole, their whole image of it. They're like, but it's an Eagle Studios. They're like, yes, and it's a top quality uh, thing. Well, that's you what know. happens when you have a baby. Everything, you know, exactly gets thrown on its head. Sometimes high tech gets low tech, and you got to be creative. And we made, we try to make our tech as, uh, you know, we try to give it, give you the highest quality we can within we the limitations to keep, to keep of our, our tech. Keep our tech is uh, is high tech. We kind of try to keep it like, you know, value tech. Or at that's least what moderate this is. tech. This is high value for, high, you, for high your tech value dollars. Tech. Since this is free, <laughs> so that should help you. So we hope everyone has been doing well over the last few weeks. And uh, we have, as usual, we're, we were done with our interview with Minister Faust, so we are back to our normal format. Mm-hmm. And so we have three things that we're going to be reviewing for you guys today that are three different things, but things that we, well, that we all, it. I guess. You, why do you try every time to like say that there's a theme? They're kind of connected. You try every yeah. time, 70 times, Greg. You've tried it 70 times. There are sometimes there's thematic connections. You yes, know. but sometimes there's not. So why do you I'm try a to writer. Do it My job time. is to produce a master narrative. What, can, uh, what do you want oh, from me? Okay, I'm trying right. to create a master narrative. I think that's reasonable. All right. But the three things on the docket for tonight. We're going to start by reviewing the Cheesecake Factory, um, a place where we ate earlier today, actually. And we'll talk a little bit about <laughs> we that. We're trying restaurant. to do more research. I mean, we've been there before, but we wanted to like have it be fresh. Right. In fact, we're in looking at the last of our cheesecake in front um, of us. covered mines right so and or dolce de leche covered mines it's always about the dolce de leche so good anyway uh so we're going to start with that then we're going to review a movie which we saw yesterday the new star trek movie which just came out last week and we had a chance to see it in imax thank you very much yesterday so we'll have a chance to talk about that Mm -hmm. and then we're going to finish up by reviewing the onion and we're going to be uh, reviewing the entire website the onion is for those of you who are the Onion website, because there is also the Onion newspaper. That's right. So. Um, for those of you who don't know, the Onion is basically a comedy news news source. source. Originally, it was, uh, I think it was the print newspaper came first. Yeah, that's the original. But then they have expanded online, and uh, they're all grown up now, the Onion. <laughs> and yes. so we'll have a chance to talk a little bit about that at the end. And uh, I don't know, I, I'm looking forward to it, because I think all three of these things are, uh, there's some interesting things to say about they're them. They're all tasty in their own way. That's right. And speaking of taste, our first item on the docket for tonight is the Cheesecake Factory. And you can find this if you want to look at this online, although I don't really know why. You can go there and look at it and go, ah, that's what the food would taste like if we went there. Thecheesecakefactory.com, T-H-E-C-H-E-E-S-E-C-A-K-E-F-A-C-T-O-R-Y.com. When you first um, open the website, it it flashes something for everyone, and then it switches to their their main website where they have a series of pictures of the, the building and then a bunch of their food. Yes. And I think... That's actually one of where we'll start is this concept of 
um, something for everything. Uh, quite a few restaurant chains in America, and I don't know if elsewhere, try to do this. And sometimes I don't think it works. And actually, I'm wondering if I ever like having a restaurant that has something for everything. Like, for instance, I think we didn't, haven't we reviewed Friendly's? Yeah. Like, one of the things that I think Friendly's used to be just an ice cream shop. Mm-hmm. And then they started, then they added probably burgers. As then, long as I remember, they had burgers. Become, but but you're right, though. They've and, sort of and become. And then they keep trying to add, and then they have Applebee's. Which we think I don't know if we've reviewed because you know Greg had his ten year ten years still haven't been back in one but now it's not because I'm trying to avoid them your it's ten year my boycott just, if you will. your boycott right that that's what it is. that was boycott. where I was looking at our ten year boycott so I mean it, it's one of those things like oh well you know this way then we make sure we have the largest group of people that could come and but. Cheesecake Factory, the menu is ridiculous. Yeah. Like you were like, Clea, like, aren't there some salads? I'm like, yeah, try page 14. <laughs> it's really true. And it becomes something, it's almost like an upscale diner in that regard. You know, if, and if you go to a diner in New York City, for example, they're famous yes, for having right, everything. Like the quintessential and you can get, Greek diner. They have like, everything yeah. and they have, yeah. and a lot of it is frankly not very good, I think, right. because since they don't specialize, they just they just have to do everything right, and not very well. You have every kind of omelet you'd want, as and well have, as every kind of steak you'd want. And, and every neither kind of one, souvlaki and they're right. Right. So it ends up being kind of a mushy middle, which is rather unfortunate. Right. Um, and so, I mean, the Cheesecake Factory does take it, I think, a little upscale. Like, if you go to the website, you'll see some of the pictures. That they are. They say that. They even say that they are an upscale, casual restaurant. Right. Right. So. And, and and I have to say, it is very pretty. Like, I like mm-hmm. the Cheesecake Factory design. The decor is very the decor. good. Yep. Mm-hmm. Although, there is something about their floor that always makes it super slippery sticky. I don't know what it is. Hmm. People I don't know if cheesecake. it's just like cheese, the, the fat from the cheesecake is just in the air and like <laughs> is smeared on the floor. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's interesting. I never noticed that before. Slippery. But it's very pretty. Yeah. Um, it's kind of this, um, what would you say, almost kind of Egyptian, modern Egyptian I, well, I would have said Californian. I mean, it, it, you know, that's where they originated and it yeah, feels it very much that way to me. It's got that kind of somewhat dimmer lighting, these so sort of muted. Californians are dimmer. No, no, no. no right. <laughs> Dim lighting of sort of muted colors, that kind of thing you know what i mean mm-hmm. like kind of a little mm-hmm. bit more understated that the understated part is in californian but the rest of it well, sort of reminded me of that too but i wouldn't say it's understated because it does have like these huge like columns and stuff like that anyway, well, that's fair enough, yeah. so and they, so anyway you know and i don't think anything could be understated when it has like 50 different types of cheesecake but, um, <laughs> well that part of it isn't understated and the menu is like 50 pages long yeah. but anyway so it is a um, popular how many states is it in greg find that out uh, it's see. a very popular chain and by popular, I mean, it really is quite popular. Like, the lines can be huge. Like, people – it's one of those things, even in New York, where you think you're in New York. Why would you go 146 to locations in 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 11, 11. You're in New York. Why would you go to a chain? 36 states, looks people like. People will go to the Cheesecake Factory and wait in line, even though they're in New York City and they could be going to one of a million, you know, Correct. restaurants. Correct. And in another aspect of it is the other quintessential American thing, which I also am not fond of. Which is, let me give you a huge serving that you could eat over the course of three days. That's true, yeah. It's ridiculous. I don't need this much food. And I guess, you know, Americans, they think they're getting a value. Well, it's not if you're charging me 10 bucks for a salad. Right. And it's actually, and that thing is uniquely American, I think, I, because I, can't, I, I, I can't, I, no, neither Clea nor I can eat this much. And so, yeah, so we take it home and you eat it over a couple of days. But, but mushy, you this, know, this, leftover talked, salad is not, is not Yeah, tasty. I know. Well, we've talked before about this American obsession with portions and like yeah. big portions, big portions. Yeah. And to me, it's kind of like, eh, you know, as you've always said, 
why not just charge me half as much yeah, and, and give, give me, me half, half as, as much? much? Like, don't. It's a few. Know. Like, it's a huge. It's a trend. Like, Vinny Vinny Test is up in the Boston area. That may actually be in New York too. I don't know, but I know in Boston we went no, there several times. And they had these so-called family style where you've got yeah. these massive just, portions. And and, the bowl is like half the size of the table. Right, and I don't want 800 pounds of pasta. You yeah. know, like I, I, it's nice that I have that value. You know, well, I'm getting a lot from my mom. They're not skimping. I, I wouldn't. I would yeah. acknowledge that. But they're also charging you a pretty penny too but to also, get that much the, food. Part of the reason going to the restaurant is I, I don't want to make a. Whole, I don't want to have a huge bowl of it. I want to just have enough for just to have a meal, and then I don't have to deal with leftovers. Right. I mean, that's, that's the true. kind of stuff when you're at home, when you're cooking at home, you have to make you make a big amount to make your money's worth, and then you have to have leftovers. Well, yep. I, that's eating at home, not a restaurant. I don't want to, have to deal with that stuff. Yeah, we just want more choices. Is basically yeah. what we're saying. So, but anyway, okay. Let's move on to the food. So let's the well, food quality. You know, I mean, I mean, so we have to admit that we haven't tried everything because it would take us years. Yeah, <laughs> we that's that's right. My sense of it is, I've always found that the food quality at Cheesecake Factory is solid. Yeah. Not amazing, but no. the food there is decent. It's yeah. good. But the cheesecake is off the charts. And and part of it is, and we didn't actually find this out until Clea went to Costco and which we've reviewed before, and they have now an arrangement where they have this, um, they have these frozen cheesecake that you can get, and it's got like, a, I think it's a sampler. So they it's have a these little slices, four different kinds, four different kinds, and there are these and it little changes. slices. The last of time it. I was there was a different set of four. Yeah, so which was great. I mean, we got that, and you know, it was, it was great. And I thought but it was a were, huge value, but then I get it out, and these things are like half the size of a well, normal cheesecake slice. Right, but then you, right, but so here's my point. <laughs> so you look at the back of it, and you look at the the which, fat. I don't know why you do, Greg. Well, Why do you do it? Because it, it's cheesecake. It's not that no, Don't because I want to know. Back. I want to know, but I always look at the nutritional stuff. So anyway, so I open the I open this thing, and each slice is like seventy percent of your saturated fat content right. for the day. Right. And and as you pointed out to me, that's like half the size of a normal cheesecake right. slice. So basically, every time you have just the cheesecake slice now, okay, yes. every time you have just the cheesecake slice, you are basically having a day and a half's worth of saturated fat content. Right. And that's just the cheesecake. So by the time you get through the meal, like if you get a salad, cool, but if you happen to get a burger, fries, you know, you're you're talking like ridiculous off the chart stuff. Now, now, okay. anyway. I'm not super obsessed with the fat content thing because I think you can obviously – it's a question of how much you have over the course of a week or a month. Not necessarily if you mm-hmm. go one day and you have mm-hmm. this, it's not going to kill you. Right. But no wonder it tastes so good. I mean I guess I should know that, right? Yeah. But it's staggering how much fat well, content is in one of these cheesecake pieces. What bothers me is not the fat content. It's the sweetness. I sometimes find their cheesecake a little too sweet. Uh, and the sweetness is the what problem. can get you because that can get your – your sugar's up, and then when your body has too much sugar, then it starts depositing the fat. So that's more of my concern. But yeah, no, this is not a place you should go to every night. Right. This is a place when you want to have a special occasion. And, you know, it is one of the few chains still where I think you could still get some pretty good service. Like, yeah. what, whenever we bring Cenovine, they always bring out a little plate of bananas, sliced bananas and um, bread for her. Yep. It's, there's not charge. They just do that to give her a little something while we have our rolls. Yep. The bread always nice and warm and fresh so i mean they're, they're all they're all a light of nice little things and it the prices aren't 
ridiculous. Yeah, they're not amazingly but, good, but they're not terrible. I right. mean, there's certainly other places we've eaten at that are more expensive. And mm. I would agree with that. I think that the quality of the food and the quality of the service is overall pretty good. And the cheesecake is great. I mean, the, and the different types, you know, all these different kinds of cheesecake to try. In fact, I sometimes find the Dolce Leche cheesecake is so good that I often sit there like, oh, we have this new one. Then. And I always think, great, yeah. I'd love to try that. But then I'm like, yeah. ah, but then I'm giving up on and a chance since I'm not going to be back here for a few weeks, you yeah. know, or a month or something or a couple months. I don't want to, you know. Okay. In general, um, a good place to go, I think. And I, I guess I would give this, I'm thinking between a six and a seven. Yeah, that's exactly where I was. Okay. So do you, what, which one do you, where do you want to say? I guess I would I say, say a say six. six. Yeah. I was going to say six too, because the cheesecake alone is not enough to sort of, you know, as I said, the food is good, but it's not amazing. And, yeah. and I have to say so. the service, although very nice. Sometimes there's a little bit of a wait, just a little teeny bit of a wait. Sometimes. They're always so packed. The the funny thing is, though, you know what? It's not after you order, it comes very quickly. Right. It's just a matter of getting you. Yeah. 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 It's funny. It's just usually the way around. All right. So six. So six out of 10 for Cheesecake Factory. And uh, if you have gone to something similar, this is only in the United States, unfortunately, not international. Let us know how capitalism has come to the other countries and if you guys kind of have similar. Do you have like there. the cheesecake, you know, like you know Bernadette down in Australia, or you know, do you or Tim actually? We haven't heard of from heard from for a while. You know, is there some kind of the equivalent of the cheesecake outback or something like that <laughs> in there? Because well, because I was talking about this with a friend of mine uh, uh-huh. originally from Australia. How his problem with Outback Steakhouse? Uh-huh. Have you heard about this? How he finds it frustrating that that is people's image of Australia is Outback Steakhouse, um, yeah. and that and Crocodile Dundee are like the two <laughs> the two I'd big like Australian. I'd like to say uh, that that. It's not, but most likely for the majority of Americans, it, it is. It probably is, yeah. um, which is unfortunate because there's a lot more to going uh, there than that. So a 6 out of 10 for Cheesecake Factory. Oh, and I wanted to mention very quickly while we're on the subject of food that I got an email from Avram from the Feed Me Bubby uh, mm-hmm. vidcast who is doing extremely well, and he wanted to congratulate us on uh, reaching episode 69. I believe he sent this to us about a week or so ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, he invited us to go over, and he's spruced up the webpage, and they've mm-hmm. been all over the place. They're on NP are and they're featured on mm-hmm. all these places so mm-hmm. they've really taken off and we we watched the last episode and it's still you know his grandmother in the still same, same kitchen old, with same it, which is great so we're really glad that they're doing well and uh, i reminded him not to forget us on his way up right right because we can always revisit our review we, we could you know it's it's risky <laughs> just keep that in mind okay so so much for the food portion moving right. on to the second item up for review we have star trek the movie and you can find this at www.startrekmovie that's shocking s t a r t r e k movie.com what is your name my name is James Tiberius Kirk. You've always had a hard time finding your place in this world, haven't you? Never knowing your true worth. You can settle for less than ordinary life. Or do you feel like you were meant for something better? Something special? You will always be a child of two worlds and fully capable of deciding your own destiny. The question you face is, which path will you choose? Are you afraid or aren't you? I will not allow you to lecture me. Then why do you stop me? Prepare to fire all weapons. I like this ship. This is exciting. 
faces disease and danger, threat, darkness, and silence. Buckle up. The wait is over. This movie was released last week, and we had a chance to see it on Friday in IMAX. And essentially, the movie is sort of as part of a larger trend in film, another reboot version. So we've had the Batman reboot the last couple of years with Batman Begins, the Superman reboot. And so this is another Friday the 13th has tried to reboot again by calling itself the same thing. So a lot of movies have done it. Is Rambo going to reboot? There's some other thing. Right, Rambo was a reboot too, and so was Rocky. He remember the latest Rocky he did was another reboot, like basically, really? kind of. I mean, it wasn't. It was still showed him at the end of his, but still, it sort of was bringing it back to the roots of yeah. it. So, this is the number one movie in America. It has gotten enormously good reviews, and after having a chance to see it, we can see why. This basically brings them back to the beginning. So it shows you a young Kirk and McCoy and Spock and Chekhov and Sulu and Uhura yeah. and all those people, and it shows their origins. And it focuses in particular on. Kirk and Spock, which is not surprising because those are the two big ones. But it also spends a good deal of time with the other characters to one degree or another. And it sort of puts this against the backdrop of a um, a sort of situation with the Romulans. And I won't go into detail any more than that because of the spoilers that might be a part of it. And the situation the Romulans creates a situation such that it makes it so they won't have to worry about things not being internally consistent right. with this... previous movies and with all of the episodes. And right. again, we can't spoil it for you, but you know what they do for me in some ways makes me a little sad because you want to see a complete origins of what's going on. But it's smart because if there is any fans in the world that will jump all over them it's if Trek they fans. aren't internally consistent, it is Star Trek. And I've fans. and I've already seen some of that. And I have to say, I, I there's a when we review the Onion, they have a very funny um, clip, which is what got us thinking about doing the Onion. Which uh, the clip was Star Trek fans outraged at the fun thrill ride of a film, and, and there it shows the all these people. The yeah, it shows all these people being frustrated that it's a really good movie. I, I really, you know, I am a huge, as I think I've talked about before, a huge original Star Trek TV series fan. I watched all of them when I was. A kid with my dad growing up watching it on a little black and white television in the 70s. I now own all those seasons. Clea and I both like The Next Generation. I think Clea was sort of more into the next gen initially than I was. Because I was younger um, than you. Because she was younger. Right, right. Four years younger. <laughs> not, not ten. But in any case, and so we had a chance to, you know, grow up watching a lot of these things. And I understand that you want to maintain a certain kind of respect for the traditions of the series. But let's be serious, people. The franchise has been lost for a few years now. It desperately needed new life and new energy. And this movie provides it. This movie has energy. It has vitality. It's very, it's exceedingly well paced. And it really recreates the characters properly. You know, each of these characters, and there really are not a lot of big names here. Yeah. Probably the biggest name is Carl Urban, who's done, you know, who was Aomir in Lord of the Rings, and he was the the guy in the no. born the born supremacy. No. You say that every um, time. No, the guy that's Spock, he's on a major 
Oh, TV well, show. whatever. Okay. The gossip, stupid yeah, thing. Yeah, just the fact that you don't know him <laughs> okay. does not mean it's not... Either way, the fact is that this doesn't distract you with, no. oh, I wonder how that started. In fact, the only... Leonard Nimoy does, do, you know, do a, a little bit more than a cameo. And obviously, he was yeah, the original Spock, Spock. And he plays yeah. himself. But, I mean, so they, they do a good job of just focusing on these characters. And they create, you know, this kind of angry, rebellious Kirk. They do a good job at showing the sort of angry, rebellious Spock, interestingly. And they show mm-hmm. how the sort of kindred spirit you know, a lot of people think of Kirk and Spock as opposites, but the reason they are connected to each other is that they are, in a way, both kind of rebelling against their pasts, um, sort of, in a way, running from the ghosts that chase them. And I, I think that both of those things are brought out very well in this movie. Yeah. And really, fans need to stop. I, I, they need to stop this <laughs> business right. anyway. of constant. Well, no, it's important. And I want to yeah. spend a minute on it because I think that there is this belief that somehow you, that the fan, that it is passed into the hands of the fans. And so if every star Trek film doesn't maintain every little individual consistent po- well but I don't understand why this would be the case because blah in episode 5 this would yeah, please but, please but get over go. it that that kind of geek stuff is is so frustrating to me and so pointless uh, I understand, that we it, also it moves away from making about, a great you film you know the changes that uh, he made Star Wars you know and and things like that so we also Yeah because but that what because what he was doing was he got rid of good actors well, he got rid of good I mean I wasn't that's what I'm saying is like I'm saying that there, so. I'm saying consistency is important, but not little teeny things that don't detract away from the overall. Right. As Minor as departures. Huge, from the- right. As long as the huge types of like if they had gotten Kirk's personality wrong. Right. That's major. If they had gotten Spock's personality and their injury wrong. If they had made the characters into caricatures, right. you know. That would have been wrong. Right. They didn't. And they created a very exciting and wonderful film. And I think that's what's most important. You know, I mean, I think there are certain directorial aspects that you want to talk about. Want to yeah, I just wanted to briefly mention. I mean, the one thing that I didn't care for about it was the camera. And this is just a choice. This constant shaky, like, you know, the you are there camera stuff where the camera's constantly moving. Like I said, to somebody he basically just gave a handheld camera to everybody on set and told them to run around filming stuff and i understand the, th- the that's sort not of true th- greg just is making the it sort up. of theory yeah that's right but that's what it feels like to me yeah. to me it's very disconcerting and after a while i'm like can i just get one still shot please does every single shot have to be jumpy 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 and i do think that's a directorial choice now clea doesn't agree with me she didn't have this problem i did that was one thing that i thought detracted from yeah, the film I mean, I, although it, it wasn't a huge detraction but yeah, i mean it first came around with nypd and i couldn't watch that tv show because i couldn't stand that way so i'm someone who hates that and i didn't notice that at all in this film okay so for those you know you're i was also sitting down near the bottom of the theater yes. and i had to sit apart because it i was think packed. it has so I maybe it had something to do with it that. has you know what greg actually maybe that's what it is it has everything to do with that you think so because we were in imax and greg and i had to sit apart because the only seats that were available were in the bottom three rows and i get sick down there because for that exact reason i totally forgot greg that's what it was because you can't see the whole thing. So everything is shit. <laughs> okay, honey. Well, maybe. no, I mean, everything. I could see the whole thing. But I mean, like, it, it's different down there because oh, well, of... Well, I'll have to go back and see it again and then yeah. I'll say it. But I, so, but I love, as, as was the case with the Lord of the Rings films, which I thought were, as we've talked about, were just exceptional. As was the case with the first X-Men, the first two X-Men films, not the third one, but the X-Men 1 and 2. 
this really, I thought, paid respect and homage to the franchise Mm -hmm. and did so with giving it a kind of new energy and vitality. I mean, there's no question that this is going to fire people up about Star Trek again. A lot of people thought Star Trek was dead. This was their last chance. I I basically figured if they didn't make it here, they were done for at least a decade. And here here they really, they clearly made it so that people are going to, they're going to do sequels. No question about they're going to do sequels. They're going to get at least two more movies out of this. And, you know, and frankly, the, the sort of, you know, the plot is not, you know, you can't think about it too too carefully um because it does have there are some holes here and there but in fairness this didn't feel like just let's introduce all the characters again and then sort of tack on a plot i mean the story really i thought was a legitimate story the story and a is legitimate intri- it's intrinsic right it's essential to now the whole reboot exactly the so it's not like they is, just sort of made it up and said no, okay here take no, this. this story is it's what creates the reboot yep. so no it's incredibly important yep. and also tremendous and think, effects by the way i, I should say it's it's a good comparison to lord of the rings for that because they do when they need the cg they use it when they need the um the puppetry note to george lucas (laughs) this is what this is exactly note to lucas nothing will replace good acting and and you know costuming and things like that excellent effects and i think they had they really have some moments where they and this is the other thing that annoyed me about the fan reaction most by the way i should say 99 percent of the fan reaction has been positive it's just that some of the hardcore fans are like oh but this doesn't do this that annoys me one of the things they did to sort of pay homage to the fans was very clearly jj abrams who's the director it was very obvious that he said when i show the enterprise for the first time boy you better be impressed and you are well, like every time you see this enterprise boom comes in the booming trumpets and the whole yeah. thing they they you know the ships going around to well, show you different angles of the ship well that um but that kind of thing that's was present in all of the star trek movies before yes so but but i think a new thing to him yes but I, well no but i mean the point is that i think if he really wanted to say oh i don't i'm going to go super new and everything he did pay homage to that quality of it okay. and there is remember the most important parts of star trek are the optimism of the series the idea that humanity is going to be able to overcome and come forward and you know make something of itself in the universe the vitality and the energy of it that we've already talked about and then probably the most important thing the wonder and i think there was a lot of that sense of wow you know there are a lot of scenes mm-hmm. where you're like oh that's cool you know mm-hmm. and so i thought that was very well done and, and very emotionally powerful at moments too which i thought was good um the one th- fan thing that i agree with is i didn't like that the romulans how they spoke like some had like kind of like an english or some other kind of accent there was a few that were a little slangy i I I mean i know that you said that the romulans usually usually spoke english that they weren't subtitled and had their own language like the klingons but i don't know i uh i would have liked them to have had some kind of consistent different accent than just kind of an american accent that's interesting well you know so that's one of those things where you're darned if you do you're darned if you don't i guess because you know like think about what they tried to do in star wars where lucas instead just you know creates a whole racist trope where you know the uh, trade federation guys all sound obviously asian and the uh you know the jar jar binks becomes jamaican this way you know that maybe he tries to avoid that problem but i do agree that it, it may seem a little bit generic but then remember star trek always had that issue a little bit where they had the universe translator it's almost like they wanted to get around that yeah, issue and not deal with that, and not deal with that kind of stuff on that kind of petty stuff um although there are some alien i mean there's definitely alien stuff in there in fact even uh, one of the the romulan ships is very alien and in, in sort of makeup and outlook so but in general i was extremely pleased i was very very pleased with it i thought it was an excellent film and deserves all the hype it's getting and it's like 95 percent on rotten tomatoes i think and is well worth seeing and i'm it's one of those things where you go in thinking i hope they don't screw this up which is what i thought about with lord of the rings and they Mm -hmm. didn't and you left that thinking thank 
God. You know, they actually, you know, we have a good person in charge here. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how I felt with this guy and with this movie. So I would say an eight. I thought it was I thought it was that good, especially given the stakes of what they were doing, you know, yeah. how many people they had to kind of please and everything. Yeah. I think they did a great job. So yeah. you agree? Yeah. Eight? Okay. Yeah. So an eight out of 10, definitely check it out. And if you have the opportunity, make sure you check it out on IMAX. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently make sure you don't check it out in the first three rows no, or you'll think that the whole thing is shaking according to Clea. If you see it and you see it in the next couple of weeks, get there a half hour early so you can get a good seat. Don't yeah. wait. That was fun too, by the way, sitting there. Cause as I said, the place was packed and every so often you'd have like Spock would say like live long and prosper. And I was like, woo, you know, like I everyone have to say when you see these kinds of movies, kind of it's good to see them early early on um, when you're going to see it with a packed house because that's that's why you go to a movie. You yeah. go to a movie to have a packed house and to hear each other's everyone's reactions, not when there's you know jerks in the audience, but it really is fun to have a big yeah. Uh, so so I do encourage you to see it. That soon. was the thing with uh you know with when we saw Fellowship of the Ring and I, I remember we saw it in Seattle with your family mm-hmm. and that was a really great people were really fired up about that and and uh, when Barmir you know gets hit with the arrow and it's just everyone's like oh you know <laughs> everyone is really into it which I thought was neat yeah. Plus they also started out with the World of Warcraft Leroy Jenkins chant at the very beginning which I thought was neat right. um as sort of an insider joke. So eight out of ten for Star Trek movie, please check it out and let us know what you think. Okay, the third thing on the docket for tonight is The Onion, and this is The Onion, which they list as America's finest news source, I'll bet. www.theonion.com. Turning to entertainment, Star Trek fans are decrying the latest film in the long-running series as a fun and watchable action-packed thrill ride. Yes, it was exciting, but where was the heavy-handed message about tolerance? Where was the stiff acting? I mean, it just didn't seem like a Star Trek movie to me. I'm just really, really disappointed that this storyline made sense. If I wanted to see young, attractive people uh, doing cool, exciting things, you know, I'd go watch sports. And with us now to discuss the backlash is entertainment reporter Bree Lindsay. Hi, Glenn. Bree, is this Star Trek as riveting as the fans are complaining it is? Uh, Glenn, early reviews are calling it a delightful action-adventure movie and a surefire hit. No wonder the fans feel betrayed here. Apparently, there isn't even one scene set at a long table in which interstellar diplomacy is debated in endless detail. Really? I understand fans were angry that the Klingons' dialogue was subtitled because it allows the Klingons to be understood by people who haven't studied the right. imaginary language yes, for years. Yes, but most fans were more upset by the look of the movie. Mm-hmm. Stopping chases, state-of-the-art CGI, really? and alien battle scenes that don't just look like two out-of-shape guys in bad makeup fighting awkwardly. That's a real slap in the face for Trek fans. Right, yes, but I think the bigger issue is that fans felt like Star Trek belonged to them, and now the studio has turned it into something people will actually like. Oh. What about the casting of up-and-coming young actor Chris Pine as James T. Kirk instead of the aging, bloated William Shatner? Well, of course, that announcement was a huge disappointment for fans and Shatner alike. A lot of the fans have been saying that this movie sullies the vision of someone called Gene Roddenberry. Right. Yes, Gene Roddenberry was the hack who created the Star Trek television show way back in the 40s or something. So is Paramount doing anything to combat all this negative press? Yes, they are. They've announced the DVD release will feature a special cut just for the Trek fans Mm -hmm. with three hours of extra footage in which characters stand around debating the merits of saving the Andorian ambassador from the surface of Silax 4 until you just wish everyone was dead. Well, that should be some consolation. Thanks, Bree. Thanks, Glenn. Earlier today, Paramount released this statement to ease fans' concerns. We stand behind this film and firmly believe that in a few years it will seem just as dated and cornball as previous Star Trek films. The Onion is, as I said, started as a print newspaper, which was free and distributed for free. I don't remember when, maybe 10, 15 years ago. Was it, was it, did um, it start in New York? 
I don't know if it started in New York. I remember I remember hearing I about hearing, it remember in Boston about it on, on the West Coast. I, yeah, I think it may have been just an East Coast thing. I don't know honestly about that, but now they've expanded. They have vidcasts and archives. And Clea was commenting about the fact that their production values are so high that clearly they've you know they've obviously gotten been successful yeah. because I mean, it's, you know it's like having a humorous newspaper website with vidcasts that are kind of like saturday night live but without the stars and without the garbage well they're better a lot of these um, are better than saturday night live some of them are better i i would say 75 25 25 percent of the time that's that's fair you know the onion either it's a little bit like saturday night live where it's okay you know pick up the pace here is he gonna get something funny and then also sometimes they do the saturday night live thing where they throw in something that only a 13 year old boy would find hilarious right that's true but um, they tend to err on the side of satire and right. and they're often often very devastating satire actually it was the one i was looking at israel one of their headlines is israel pm debuts new roadmap for continued strife um let's see what another one is i, I won't say the uh, other part of that i should say that this is by the way not necessarily family friendly um you you need to sort of very carefully look at what the site says before yeah. you show your kids about it. But paranoid optimist just knows someone is out to get him a present. Um, <laughs> things like that. Shadow government getting too large to meet in Marriott Conference Room B. <laughs> um, the, and then they have things like, and they have things all over the place, like TV listings. The man with no gun. Each week, the stranger rides into a lawless frontier town and is driven off within minutes. Because he has no gun. Look at this advice. You know how when you ask for advice, they name the writer kind of a summary of what they are asking, yeah. like you know, um, help with car. So like, dear help with car, or something. So they have the uh, uh, advice for ask a wife helping her husband back a camper into a park. Dear wife helping her husband back, back a, a camper, camper into a park, park site. site. <laughs> <laughs> and they have other things too and if they have it on every level too it's it's also what i like about it is that they obviously have people who are specific to each genre that they're working in so they have people who find things funny sometimes when saturday night live makes jokes about say sports for example they're a little bit off because they don't really know sports i mean you know they're comedians who do comedy and they don't really think about sports particularly but here they have people who are specific about it so for example gwendolyn monroe mourns death of ex-husband dom dimaggio now you think well why is that funny well dom dimaggio just passed away don dimaggio was the younger brother of uh, joe dimaggio the famous baseball player for the yankees joe dimaggio was married to marilyn monroe so here they say gwendolyn monroe but she's some librarian in boston or something like that that wouldn't be funny unless you knew some of the details of sports or brett Favre males arm to vikings that's pretty funny if you've been following the whole thing of brett Favre thinking of coming out of retirement then politics obviously is very specific we've already talked about entertainment trekkies bash new star trek film as fun and watchable <laughs> You know, yeah. things like that. Well, actually, so. I mean, I think a lot of these are comedians, but uh, yeah, they probably get people that, that know their stuff. And we on um, the MEP Report, the show, the way the other show that we do that you guys know about, themepreport.com, Russ has done stuff. You know, a lot of what we're doing now, I think, is sort of connected to or related or inspired well, by, in some cases, what The Onion does. Yeah, and does. also stolen by sometimes The Onion. But well, we'll that, that's on. exactly right. The Onion has gotten a few things from the MEP Report uh, and has acknowledged that, in Makes fact, sense. in several occasions. Um, so. But yeah, no, I, I grandmother's I, folksy sayings delay senility detection for years. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Um, like I think I've a, a few of the comedians I know in New York have, at one point or the other, been hired and fired by the Onion. <laughs> Detroit mayor throws first brick in glass breaking ceremony for new slum. <laughs> like, that's really funny if you've ever been to Detroit. So yeah. it's it's very good a sort of overall satire. I think it tends yeah. to be very funny. As Clea said, it is not always 100% hit. In fact, we were watching one funny clip, which I won't get into details about, yeah. but it's sort of doing is showing this congressman talking about this new bill he wants to pass, allegedly. And it's, you know, it's funny. And then and at the really end... it does look like a congressman on the floor. Yeah, it imitates C-SPAN and the whole... Yeah. yeah. And then it goes through the whole thing, and it's funny, and it's subtle. And then in the last 10 seconds... He makes a couple of lewd jokes, and, and you're sort of like, and now it's not subtle anymore. Why would you do that? Yeah. And that, to me, is the kind of thing that most com- – I think the best comedians are ones who don't assume that the, their audience needs to have things spelled out for them. And here, for you know a minute and a half, they didn't need to say that. And at their end, they're like, well, we better get the stupid people too. Here's what we <laughs> were joking about. you know, And we were sort of like, okay. So anyway, you know, they're not always 100% on. It's going there, I think, every couple of days or once a day just to kind of see what's on it's it. Funny. It's funny. And there's a lot of content too. Well, like I kind of feel, I think I said this when we reviewed The Daily Show, that it, there's so much awful news out there, both stylistically awful in that the yep. journalists really don't know what they're doing anymore, yep. Yep. and actually also really awful stuff that's going on in the world. And so it is nice every once in a while to give yourself a little bit of a laugh break and uh, and read something silly. And this provides that. Yep. So we, I would encourage you to go there every once in a while. Yep, I would agree. So, do you want to say a seven? Yeah, I was going to say again, kind of a six or seven. Okay. So, let's, so, so seven, I guess. So, we'll say seven out of ten for okay. the onion, and it's worth checking out. So, uh, that's going to do it for us for this week. Thank you guys for listening and uh, for checking us out. And again, please remember to spread the word. And also, send us things for suggestions for review. The last couple of weeks, those have slowed down a little bit. So, please make sure that you send along things that you'd like us to review. That can be podcasts and vidcasts, but it can also be anything, basically, any other suggestions you might have. And we will be happy to take them on in a future show. Otherwise, thank you as always for your support and for listening, and we will see you guys soon. Upon further review, I'm Greg. I'm Clea. See ya. The proceeding was a presentation of Upon Further Review, hosted at www.furtherreview.net. As usual, all rights are reserved. If you liked what you heard, please vote for us at podcastalley.com, vitalpodcast.com, and add us to your list of favorites at podcastpickle.com. You can leave us a comment at www.furtherreview.net, drop us a line at a pawn at furtherreview.net, or give us a phone call or send a fax to 206-339-UFR1. That's 206-339-8371. And lastly, don't be afraid to express your opinions. We know you have them. Let them out. Feel the power. Or you could just blindly accept whatever we tell you is fact. That'll work.
That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, it though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. 